Hello, everyone. My name is Paul Vandervliet, and I am an assistant pastor at New Hope Community Church. And uh, the title of this sermon is, So What? What does it matter, and what difference does it make anyway? And those are decent questions as far as questions go. We've probably all asked them at some point in time, but the importance of those questions depends on the circumstances and conditions during which they are asked. For example, suppose you're driving at night during a heavy rain and you are unfamiliar with this road. It's a small road. It's, uh, it's really just pouring. The visibility is horrible. It's nighttime. There are no street lights. And in front of you, the headlights simply cause this horrible glare off the pavement, through the rain. Um, maybe you've driven in conditions like that, rain or snow. It's, uh, it's very, very difficult. Because the road is narrow, we also have a condition where the shoulders of the road are just gravelly, they're in poor condition. And all of a sudden though, out of the darkness, out of that glare, on your side of the road, there appear road signs. There are two of them. One of them indicating a sharp turn coming up, as well as the suggested speed limit. And that limit is actually well below your current speed. What would you do? It's raining horribly. Road condition, not good. Unfamiliar to you. I just, uh, I want you to think about that. What would you do when you see those road signs? To disregard them seems foolish, even dangerous. So you slow down, but just a little, just enough to make yourself feel a little better, like you're doing something. You continue on just a short ways, and then it's on you. The sharpness of that turn comes into view, and you realize, with the road being as wet as it is, puddles everywhere, and at your current speed, you're soon going to experience a disaster. Thing is, your spouse is in the car with you and your baby's in the back seat. So some things do matter and there's a so what and some things really do make a big difference in life. So what really mattered here in this scenario were the signs. They warned they instructed, they counseled, as it were, what would be good for you. But what about the things of God, the teachings of Jesus, the teachings in the New Testament and elsewhere? If we were to give these biblical teachings and instructions a title, maybe let's use road signs. Do they really matter? Does 2 Timothy 2.15, where it says, study, that is referring to scripture, study the scripture, 
studying. And it's a command. To show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly handling, using, personalizing the word of truth. Is that something of significance? Is it significant to you in your life right now? Does it make a difference? Does it really matter? I'm so glad you asked because on September the 13th, after Pastor Chuck's sermon, he invited his two sons, Michael and Josh, to speak about their experience, to relate their experience in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to others. They would, and they did, state how important it was that they not only know the Bible, but be able to make it applicable to others. One of them mentioned the eternal importance of doing so. That struck out, that stuck out to me. It stuck out really strong. Did it matter that they know scripture? Sure. But equally important was that it would matter eternally to others, to those that would accept, it would matter in, in, a, in a great way. It would matter to those that rejected it as well. Does it matter that I pay attention to what the Bible says? And what difference does it make now? So what? You might be asking these questions. You might be in that place in time where you're discouraged, you're questioning wherever you are, believer or unbeliever. You might be questioning everything. But I want to talk about the Bible. I want to talk about the scriptures and the, their importance to all of us. Why is obedience to scripture so important? So what if I do what the Bible tells me to do? Is there significance to obedience to God? I want to share with you a story that I heard on a podcast. Uh, this was uh, by uh, Jace Roberts of Duck Dynasty fame. And he was relating an experience where he was at a restaurant. I believe he was in his car in the parking lot. But a young woman recognized him, knew that Jace was a follower, a disciple of Jesus Christ. She approached him, tears coming down her, her cheeks. And she said she knew that she needed Jesus and she also knew that Jace Roberts was a believer, a follower of Christ. So Jace shared the salvation message, the message of Christ with this young woman. He wrote some things down for her, even, uh, even drew her a diagram. And that diagram explained sin, how uh, sin separates us from Christ but how Jesus at the cross uh, made a way. He provided a way 
so that she would no longer be separated from God by choosing Christ, asking him to forgive her. And Jay said that she would be forever united with Jesus in heaven when she died, no longer separated by her sin. Ask her, ask this young woman, so moved, so intensely emotional. I believe that was a work of the Holy Spirit in scripture. It says that the spirit convicts the world of sin, righteousness and judgment. Ask her what difference it made that Jace, as a younger man, came to faith in Christ, came to understand the command of Scripture to be ready in and out of season, to be able to give a reason for the hope that he had. Ask her why it was a good thing. Did it matter that Jace was ready, that Jace was obedient? Ask her that. The difference really in this obedience was twofold. The first was obvious, Jace was obedient. He pleased God in doing that. But the second was that this young woman, when she came to faith, there'd be great rejoicing in heaven. I always found that interesting the first time I heard that, that every time a person comes to faith, steps from an eternal separation into an eternal unity with Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's this rejoicing. Some have described it as a party. And I don't know, you know, that there's cake and, you know, coffee and all that. I would hope so. Um, but that's just me. But I do know that there's rejoicing. Can you imagine a host of angels? I, I just, it just blows my mind. All rejoicing, cheering when I came to faith. That's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. But because of the Holy Spirit, this woman was ready to receive that, that information from Jace on how to step from death into life. That's the difference it makes when we are determinedly faithful to follow all of what God's word commands us to. Obedience matters. If you're asking, so what right now? You may need to examine whether you're in the family of faith at all. Come, there's still room, there's still time. And it does matter. It does make a difference. I want you to understand that to God, all lives matter. John 3.16 is ultimately clear that all lives matter to God. That's why he sent his son. And that our following and adhering to what the Bible commands and teaches us is for eternity. That's the answer to so what. It's the reason of it matters that we would, John 3, 17, God didn't come, send his son to condemn, 
but to save. And it matters that we share that. It matters that people know that. Whether they accept it or not, that's not our problem. I don't mean to say I'm trite, but what matters when we get to heaven is our life. Were we obedient? We don't answer for anyone but ourselves. It does matter. The difference is between heaven and hell. Eternal life or eternal condemnation and separation. It matters. It makes a difference. Our obedience, our obedience to scripture transcends all time. The consequences of our obedience impacts lives here and now, but also for eternity. What about the so what? What difference does it make? And does it matter of these different issues like comfort? There's others. There's forgiveness, bearing one another's burdens, that type of thing. But just when it comes to comfort, I just want to touch on this one. The list of biblical commands does go on further, but can you remember a time when you were when you were able to comfort, truly comfort someone through the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus? It doesn't usually come to you until after you've done it, that you were used of God to bring something only God could provide through you. I know what it meant to me to be made fully aware of my sin condition before I came to Christ in repentance. I also know the comfort received of the Holy Spirit when I experienced in my soul the knowledge of what Jesus Christ had done for me. I also know the comfort given by others to me when I was hurting, when I was hurting real bad. Those personal times of deepest pain relieved by God through others has allowed me to take those questions I had of God, questioning him, his motives. I took them and I learned of God that I don't require answers from God, even though he may give them. But what I did really learn was waiting on God in faith. He uses our faithful waiting and watching so that he can spill out of our self-experience to others himself. What we go through in the name of Christ, in the power of the Spirit, he will use if we let him. 2 Corinthians 1.4 It says that in the same way in which you were comforted, comfort others. Christ comforts me. And I wouldn't share that with someone else. Someone's been hurting. Someone's going through a terrible thing. I wouldn't help them to get through it. It makes a difference makes a difference to them, makes a difference to God that I'm obedient. I want to share 
couple of stories about this. One is um, when uh, this is 35, 37 years ago, something like that, when we were at a church uh, up in North Jersey. And uh, I had a very full beard at that time, and it wasn't white at that point. Um, but my son was little, and we had him, I think it was in a toddler nursery. But there was also this baby nursery right next to it. And uh, it bothered me <laughs> walking by there and, and hearing these little ones just pitiful crying. Oh, it just, it just broke my heart. And I remember the one time uh, walking up to that door, and there was this little Dutch door thing, and the bottom was closed so that they wouldn't go running around out in the halls or wherever. But this little kid, just a glass panel, a little kid is plastered up against her, just crying, tears coming down their face. And I just instinctively, I just walked over and scooped them up and brought this little one to my chest. And they stopped crying. Their eyes were about that big because I don't know that they'd seen that many people with beards quite like that. But this little one took their hands, these little tiny, tiny hands and just grabbed my beard and just held on for all they were worth. It was not a pleasant experience for me but it was very pleasant what happened. They stopped crying as loudly, as energetically, and one of the workers in the nursery opened that bottom door and they motioned me in. Well, I couldn't go into church with this kid glued to my face. So I walked in and the worker pointed me to this beautiful, comfortable rocking chair. Oh, it was awesome. It was, it was just beautiful. And so I sat down with this little one stuck to me and I started rocking and I just was rocking and talking to this little one and, and they would, you know, do that little sob half cry because they were starting to calm down. And after just a short while, this little kid is fast asleep. I comforted that kid. I comforted. And I think about how, what a privilege that was for me. Until like every Sunday, they called me into the baby nursery because of all the screaming kids they wanted me to comfort, which was fine too. But it was beautiful. I got to comfort somebody. Maybe not the same way I'd been comforted, but I know comfort when I feel it. I know comfort when I give it. Might be a different time, different person, different way, but comfort is comfort. And scripture says that we are to comfort one another. Scripture says that 2 Corinthians 1, 4, it says that we will go through difficulty, but we will be comforted. Now, don't waste it on yourself. Comfort others. Comfort others. 
The other story I want to share with you is uh, about a friend of mine. I've known him for, uh, I guess, 20 years or so. And uh, he has a couple of kids. His eldest uh, was drawn away from true faith, away from her family. And uh, it was uh, a, a terrible time for this family. Um, three years. Three years is a long time. She was enticed away with a gospel other than the gospel of Jesus Christ. A gospel that was a distorted view of what the Bible proclaims. Drawn away from her friends, her family. And over the years, my friend shared with us, my wife and I, the heartache of that rejection. The rejecting of her real family and turning to a another for false comfort and hollow acceptance. She rebelled. I shared with my former church uh, all that was going on with my friend, his family, and we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed. We implored God to move, to hear our prayers, and to move to restore this girl to her father, to her mother, to her faith. About uh, about a week and a half or so ago, I got a call from him, and I saw his name come up. And it, it would remind me every time I saw it of the agony and the stories I heard of the anguish. So I saw his name come up. And it was with impending dread, just my heart sank. I was like, dear Lord, now what? But after three years of many people praying, many people in different states, I shared it with people in different states and they're praying people and they prayed. My friend got on the phone and he said that something had happened and uh, he said it was dramatic. His answer to prayer, I had comforted him along the way. So did my wife. So did others. His daughter had returned home, returned to him, and she's making positive movement to break free of this cult-like situation. Freeing herself from the bondage that she thought was freedom. She was told by her abusers that coming with them was her pathway to freedom. But after three years, God opened her eyes. Does it matter that we pray? I'm here to say yes. My friend, before we got off the phone, 
in just he's choked up. He's a tough guy. He's a contractor. He's a tough guy. He was choking up. Did it matter to him? He questioned God. I can relate to that. Did it matter that he went through it? Oh, yeah. Did it matter that we prayed? You bet it did. Did it make a difference that I was there? My wife was there. Others were there. Did it make a difference to him that we follow scripture when it says bear one another's burdens? You bet it does. You bet it does. Prayer makes a difference? Yeah, it does. So what? She's home after three years. That's so what? Makes a difference. God's word in Genesis 25, 21 shows what prayer over time can do. In Joshua 10, 14, I love the book of Joshua. Awesome book. But 10, 14, we read, there was no day like that before it or after it. When the Lord listened to the voice of a man. For the Lord fought for Israel. He listened. God listens to us. He fights for us. The Bible says that God answers prayer. Second Samuel 24, 25 says, David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. Thus the Lord was moved by prayer for the land and the plague was held back from Israel. Does prayer matter? Yeah. In case you haven't noticed, this world is in absolute shambles. Our country is in a shambles. Does prayer matter? You bet it does. There's going to be a time of praying uh, in the next week or two in, uh, in Washington, D.C. Franklin Graham is going to be leading that. But man, I, you don't have to go to D.C. for God to hear you. Prayer matters. The Lord answered David's prayer. There are other accounts in scripture of God answering prayer. He hears. He answers. Praying important? Yeah. Does it matter that I obey the command pray without ceasing? You better believe it. And it doesn't just matter to you. It matters to the ones you're praying for, praying about. It matters. Scripture says, don't grow weary in well-doing. Keep praying. Keep comforting. <clears throat> I know what some of you might be thinking because uh, I've questioned God's hearing <laughs> at times. But I know based on what scripture says and through personal experience, God hears and God answers. My friend whose daughter was once lost has returned. My friend thanked me for keeping him and his daughter in prayer. God's answering these prayers is my response to someone asking, so what, what's the difference? What difference does it make? I can now point to another thing and say, it makes a difference. Here's one more example of it. A 
I know that there are many prayers that seem to go unanswered. But the Bible reminds me, and hopefully it'll remind you as well, that according to John 9, 31, that those who are true worshipers of God and seek to do his will are going to be heard. Check it out for yourself. John 9, 31. It matters that we obey biblical mandate to lift others in prayer. It makes a difference to God. It's important to God that we exemplify before a weak brotherhood or an unbelieving world that God commands us to offer to them through our faithfulness those prayers. Everything matters. Everything's important. Yes, everything does have an impact on every other thing. I do want to say that everything is important, but some things are much more important than others. Much more important. In regard to prayer, living a godly life matters because the Bible says in James 5.16 that the effective prayers of a righteous man availeth much. It means the right righteous man, not perfect, but the man whose heart is intent on God. When they pray, God hears, God answers. First Peter 3.12 says something similar. You can look at that. It does matter when we don't live in obedience to God's word and his commands. Living in disobedience to what we know biblically results in our prayers not being heard. Does it make a difference to be right before God? Obviously, I hope it's obvious to you, it is to me. Especially if you want your prayers heard. There's plenty in scripture that's hard. It's hard. Becoming a believer in Jesus Christ is about the easiest thing in the world. You don't have to work for it. You just receive. You believe and you receive. Now, living it out, that's a little bit different. I want to close with this. Those questions, what difference does it make? What does it matter? So what? I understand. I'm also a therapist. And I've heard a lot of people say those things. But I can relate to that because I'm human. I'm human too. Don't grow weary in well-doing. It does matter. Everything's important. There is a so what. There is a consequence. When we obey God, we, we get heard. When we are obedient, people's lives change. I hope this has touched you in some way that you might re-examine your own faith. If you're not a believer, explore, explore how to be saved. You can get in touch with New Hope uh, Community Church, you can talk with Pastor Chuck. He can tell you, he will show you the way. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you, Father, that you love us. I thank you, Father, that
uh, you you've made it clear that everything matters but Jesus Christ as our Savior is the most important thing that matters pray that you would watch over these folks that have listened to this that might share it I pray that you would prepare their hearts prepare their hearts father to receive the truth of your word we thank you for what you've done. We thank you even for the hard things you've commanded us to do because it does matter. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all.